Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight. We'll turn to the book of John, John chapter 20, John chapter number 20, and uh, look at a familiar passage of scripture here, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to preach, and I, I, I do not like it when pastor's not in town. I enjoy it when he's around uh, because uh, things are just right, amen? Uh, but I, I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak uh, in his absence and pray that he has, has some rest uh, in, in the time that he's away. Uh, so be in prayer for him as he travels back. Uh, John chapter number 20, we'll begin reading in verse number 19 of John chapter number 20, and we'll read down through verse number 29. And uh, begin reading verse number 19. The Bible says, Then the same day at even, evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where, his disciples, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I was glad the day that I saw the Lord, amen? I just had to stop and say that. I, I thank God for the day that I got saved, amen? And the disciples saw the Lord that day. And the Bible says in verse number 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I shall not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Here we find a passage of scripture where Thomas gets his nickname that has stuck with him throughout the ages. It is true, and it is unfortunate, that one event in someone's life can be what everybody remembers about them. Thomas is forever remembered as Doubting Thomas. Now, we find in Scripture sometimes where Thomas was right there with Jesus. He was faithful. He was believing. In fact... Uh, I'll reference that later on in the message, but uh, when Jesus was there and he was going uh, to go and, uh, and raise Lazarus from the grave, Thomas is the one that spoke up and says, hey, let's go with him. Uh, it's dangerous. The Jews are seeking to kill him, but let's go with him. And Thomas was right there with the Lord, but he's remembered as doubting Thomas because of the scripture that we just read. We find here in 
verse, uh, in verse number 26, the Bible says, And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. We know the story. Jesus had died on the cross. Uh, he had risen again that third day. He had appeared in the upper room, as we read. Thomas was not with them when he first appeared and showed himself to the disciples. The Bible says that Thomas says, unless I see uh, the, the prince and the nails and I'm able to put my finger in the prince of the nails in his hands and thrust my hand into the sides, I will not believe. Sounds like a hard-headed Baptist, doesn't he? That's what, unless I see it, unless I'm able to do that, I will not believe. The Bible says that eight days later, Jesus appeared again. I'm glad for the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That even when I'm hard-headed and I refuse to believe unless I have it my way, that Jesus still shows mercy enough to show up again. I'm glad that Jesus gave Thomas another chance. I'm glad that that's not the end of Thomas's story. In fact, if you read, history tells us that Thomas died a martyr for the cause of Christ. And I'm glad that doubting Thomas is not how he has to be remembered. But tonight, I want to talk to you about those eight days. Thomas wasted time with doubt. He doubted the things that God uh, had done. He doubted, and in that time, he wasted eight days. The Bible says that Jesus showed up. Thomas doubted. He would not believe. Then eight days later, Jesus showed up again, and Thomas declared, My Lord and my God. You see, uh, there are times in our lives where we doubt as Christians. There's not one person in here that, if we're honest, would not have to admit that there have been times when I've had times of doubt in my Christian life. We all could be on the same page with Thomas. Now, our doubt is not recorded on the pages of Scripture. Many times we're able to hide our times of doubt as Christians because nobody else knows about it. We doubt in our minds. We doubt in our hearts. We doubt in our spirit. Lord, are you really going to come through in this time? Are you, are you really there? You say, I've never said that. Well, you're probably a better Christian than most everybody else in the room then because I believe that all of us have had times of doubt in our Christian lives. There have been times when our faith has not been what it should be, and we've doubted things in our Christian lives. And Thomas is an example to us, and I believe we can learn some lessons tonight through this wasted week in the life of Thomas. Let's have a word of prayer, and I'll jump into the, the outline tonight and ask the Lord to bless the, the, the message. Lord, I pray that you bless tonight your word. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would speak to me and speak through me as I preach. Lord, I pray that you'd use your word in our hearts and our lives tonight to strengthen our faith, to draw us closer to you, and help us to be a more fervent witness and testimony for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Tonight I'm going to look at three areas, or three things tonight, uh, in regards to Thomas's doubt. 
First, I want to see the what of his doubt. What was it that Thomas was doubting? Thomas, uh, he said, I'm not going to believe unless I see the print of the nails in his hands, and I thrust my hand into his side. In so saying, he was doubting the person of Christ. In John chapter number 6, we find though, if you turn back to John chapter number 6, we'll read a few verses of scripture there. You'll use your Bible a little bit tonight. John chapter number 6, verse number 66. The Bible says this, And from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus saith unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Here we find that Jesus had been teaching and he had been preaching. And in his teaching and preaching, uh, he was preaching some things that were hard to, to accept. And many, the Bible says, departed from the Lord. And as they walked away, Jesus turned around and looked at his twelve. Now remember, Thomas was one of the twelve. That means that Thomas was standing there when this all took place. And Jesus looked at the twelve and he says, Will ye also go away? And we see here the response that is given. In verse number uh, 68, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The apostle Peter spoke up for the whole group that was there and said, Where are we going to go, Lord? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe that thou art the Son of God. And those twelve stood there with, uh, let me see if I can get that to stop that. Amen. I'm going to mess it all up. There we go. Uh, uh, he, stu- he stood, Thomas was standing there with the twelve, and he was in agreement with what Peter was saying. He knew who Jesus was. But in that moment where he was uh, grieving, when he was uh, not understanding what the things that were taking place, he doubted that which he already believed. You see, in his weakness, he doubted that which he had had settled in his heart long ago. That happens to us sometimes as Christians. We believe the word of God. We believe that, the Lord, the, that he will take care of us, that God will take care of us. Uh, we can echo with the psalmist David, I've been young and yet I'm, now I'm old. Uh, now, some of you can't say that, but I can say that now. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. And some days we're on the mountaintop and we're in agreement with that scripture. And there are ti- then there's times when our bank account gets a little lax and, and things don't look like it's going our way and we start doubting the Lord. Or there's a health pro- problem that comes in our life and one of our family members gets sick and, and we're like, well, Lord, uh, uh, what, what, what about this situation? And we begin to doubt the Lord because things aren't going our way. And we doubt those things that we've had settled before. The Bible says here in verse number 25 of our text, in John chapter number 20, as Jesus there had come to the disciples, and the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. What were they saying? We have seen the Son of God, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the one that had risen from the dead. And Thomas said, Except I see it with my own eyes, except I touch, it with my own ha- touch him with my own hands, I will not believe. 
he doubted the person of Christ. Not only did he doubt the person of Christ, but he doubted the power of Christ. In verse number 25, once again, he says, Except I see his, in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the, in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Thomas was an eyewitness, as I mentioned earlier, in John chapter number 11, to Jesus' resurrection power. He was standing nearby as Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believest thou this? Thomas was right there as Jesus stood by the graveside, as Lazarus had been laid there for three days and stunk by now. Just a side note, I've been around some of the teenage guys. They smell like they've been dead three days. I'm just teasing. Uh, Because they stink by now. Now, uh, But Thomas was standing there. As Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that tomb. What a sight that must have been. Thomas had seen the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a side note, as we get ready for Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, the Bible is written, is God's word, every word's in place. I found something out a long time ago. A lot of songs that we sing are not really that correct. The angels didn't roll away the stone so that Jesus could get out. Jesus was gone before the stone was ever rolled away. In fact, you never see in Scripture, as you read the accounts of the resurrection in Scripture, where Jesus came out of the tomb. The Bible just says, on the first day of the week, he had risen. He came forth of his own power, according to the word of God. He came forth of, by the power of the Father, according to the word of God. And he came forth by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, by the word of God. That's just a little side note. But Thomas had seen the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet he doubted it. Once again, he doubted in his weakness that which he had been an eyewitness to. We see what was the cause of his doubt. He doubted the person of Christ. The what of his doubt was the person of Christ, the power of Christ. Number three, the presence of Christ. He doubted that Jesus had actually showed up in the room. The door was locked, folks. They had gone in there for fear of the Jews and locked the door behind them. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared in the midst. Thomas said, I'm not believing that. You guys are crazy. But Thomas doubted the presence of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ had actually showed up. He doubted that Jesus was really there, that any of this was even possible. It sounded foolish to him. There are times in our Christian life that God asks us to do things or gets us into a situation where like, there is no way this is going to happen. There's no way that God's going to do this. We doubt God's power. We doubt his ability. We doubt his presence. I'm glad that I'm part of a church where the presence of God is. There is no doubt when we show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, whether or not the Holy Spirit of God is here. Listen, if God doesn't speak to your heart on a weekly basis... The church is not the problem. 
uh, I'll move on. But he doubted the presence of Christ. We see the what, but now we see the why of his doubt. Why did he doubt? What made this man who was one of the twelve? Now understand, there were many disciples that followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Some come, some came, and some went. But there were twelve that were with Jesus, and Jesus called specifically, he called them apostles. Thomas was one of the twelve. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He fellowshiped with Jesus. He dined with Jesus. He spent time with Jesus. Why would this strong Christian doubt? Thomas was a strong Christian. We forget that many times because we call him Doubting Thomas, but he was a strong Christian. He believed in the Lord. He walked with the Lord and talked with the Lord. Why did he doubt? Well, first of all, he doubted because he was out of place. In verse number 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Let me tell you why strong Christians doubt. Because they're not where they're supposed to be. You want to know what's going to destroy a Christian life faster than anything else? Not showing up for church. Uh, not showing up for your prayer closet. Not showing up for your uh, uh, daily Bible reading. Or showing up for your daily Bible reading as a ritual instead of a communion with God. Well, I'm still doing those things, but our, 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 our heart's not there. We're, we may, you could be here tonight, and you could be present physically, but not present spiritually. You could be here present physically, but not here present mentally. Your mind may be on something else instead of on the things of God. Uh, we need to make sure that we're in our place. Thomas doubted because he was out of place. He was not with them. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Now, if we read that verse of Scripture, we have to understand the Bible is telling us that we are not to forsake. Now, there are some that are here, not here tonight that are nor normally here. They may not be here tonight because of medical reasons. They may not be, be here tonight because of something came up at work and they had to work late. But the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves the, together as the manner of some is. That word manner means it has become a habit. That is our normal way of operating. To forsake the assembling of ourselves together just because we want to. It's become a habit to us. It's, a, it, it's dangerous when we have to miss for reasons that are valid reasons. Because that's when it's easy for it to become a habit. That's when it's easy for it to become a manner. So we need to be careful of that as Christians. Make sure that we're in our place where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, because if it becomes a habit to us, we become vulnerable to doubt. And when we become vulnerable to doubt, Satan is just going to jump on that. And he's going he's to feed that and fuel that fire, if you will. But why did Thomas, a strong Christian, doubt? Because he was out of place. Why did Thomas doubt? Because he discounted the witness of others. 
Verse number 25. We find the disciples telling Thomas what had taken place. Thomas, you're never going to believe it. It's, it's amazing. We were here, the doors were locked, and Jesus appeared right in the middle of us. All ten of us were right here together, and Jesus appeared, appeared right here in the middle of us, and, and, and he spoke to us. He told us to have peace, that everything was going to be all right. And Thomas says, there's no way. You, you're crazy. No, Thomas, he told us that as God had sent him, he's sending us out. He gave us a job to do. No, there's no way we're going to be able to win the world. Are you crazy? That's what Jesus came to do, is it not? Jesus came to die for the sins of all mankind. He said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. I'm sending you to the world. In fact... That is the Great Commission as recorded in the book of John right there. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Thomas said, there's no way. He doubted the witness of others. We're only men. But I don't believe what you say because I know you. Peter, I saw you. You denied the Lord at his crucifixion, at his trial. You denied the Lord. Hey, guys, none of you stood next to the cross. You all forsook him at the cross. You want me to trust you? And what happened, Thomas looked at their humanity instead of looking at their witness. The, the most foolish statement that I ever have heard in relation to someone criticizing a pastor is he's just a man. Duh. That's, that, that's, that's the dumbest thing to say. We know that. Every one of us are. If you're not, don't tell me. Because I, I have watched a little sci-fi stuff in my life, and I don't want to know that there's aliens among us. Amen. No, what am I saying? Thomas discounted their witness because of who they were. Because of his familiarity with them. And in so doing, he doubted the Lord. The person of Christ. He doubted the person and the power of Christ because he discounted their witness. He doubted, number three, because of a discouraged focus. He failed to see the cross as the will of God. He thought that it was a great tragedy instead of a great triumph. He looked at what had gone on and taken place recently in their, in their midst as being a tragedy instead of the plan of God. Does that happen to us at times? We face circumstances in our life, and we look at it through our earthly, fleshly eyes. And we don't understand what God's trying to do. 
It is our natural man that we look at situations through. And when we look at things through our natural eyes, it's easy to doubt. Because through my natural eyes, I don't understand what God's doing. If I look at it through spiritual eyes, I may not still understand all the details. But I'll remember who God is. And I'll remember who's in control. And I can follow him. See, Thomas was looking at things through his earthly eyes. Instead of remembering that Jesus told them. As I read through the Gospels, I am reminded and really it's shocking And I can't really talk bad about him because probably if I was there, I would have done the same thing. But it's amazing to me how many times Jesus said, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried. And I'm going to raise again the third day, guys. I mean, basically that plain, he said that. Yet when it happened, oh, no, it's the end. Jesus is dead. What are we going to do? I mean, if they truly believed that Jesus was going to rise again, they'd have been there on the third day waiting to see him come out alive. Instead of hiding for fear. Thomas doubted because of a discouraged focus. We as Christians need to be careful in our lives not to allow the circumstances of life to get our focus off of the Savior. If Thomas had kept his eyes toward the tomb... If he had kept his eyes toward the cross, understanding that Jesus was that Lamb of God that had come to take away the sin of the world, and he was fulfilling that which was spoken by the prophets, as the Bible tells us over and over again throughout the Gospels, all this happened that it may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. If Thomas had kept his focus toward those things, he'd have been a lot better prepared, and he may never be remembered as doubting Thomas. If he had just kept his focus right. So many times we as Christians, we fail because just for one reason, our focus isn't where it should be. We start looking at the circumstances of life. We begin focusing on the problem more than we focus on the God who's in control of every circumstance, every problem, every trial. There is nothing that happens without the hand of God? Do we believe that tonight? That Satan cannot touch us without the Lord's approval? We read that in the book of Job. We also read through Scripture that God is not a respecter of persons. We also read in Scripture that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The fact that God does not change. Everything has to go through him before it gets to us. If we would walk through our lives understanding that, it would make the trials a little bit easier to bear, would it not? It would keep us certainly from doubting as much as we currently do. You see, he doubted because of a discouraged focus. We saw the what of his doubt, we saw the why of his doubt. And now I want to leave you with the wage of his doubt. What did it cost him? I talked about those eight days that he spent in doubt. 
not believing. What did it cost him? Well, first we see it cost him eight days of peace. Eight days that he lived in agony. The Bible tells us in verse number 19, Jesus, and the same day at even being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Because Thomas wasn't where he was supposed to be, and because Thomas doubted the fact that Jesus had showed up, he did not have the peace for those eight days that Jesus had spoken on that first Sunday. He went Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day the next Sunday until Jesus showed up again. In doubt, in fear, and no peace. There have been times in my life, I'm ashamed to say it, that I've spent more time in turmoil and anguish in my spirit than I should. When God is the God of peace, is he not? His word speaks peace to us, does it not? But I've doubted. I haven't run to the God of peace and spent time in the word of God as I should. Even if my eyes ran over the words, my spirit wasn't open to the word of God because I was more focused on my problem than I was the things of God. Thomas spent eight days without the peace of God in his heart. Let me say this, child of God, you don't have to spend one day without the peace of God in your heart. Hey, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, the Bible says. That peace is available to us. We don't have to doubt the things of God. We don't have to wonder how things are going to work out and live in turmoil because we don't know the outcome. I try my best when I get in those times in my life. I'm not saying that I've got this mastered and I never doubt the Lord. I wish that I did. I wish that I'd never had times when I faltered and I failed in this area. But I try to make it an exercise to do this. In those times when I fight doubt, I try to remember that no matter what happens, one day Jesus is coming again. There are things that are, have taken place in my life that I wish had not taken place in my life. There are relationships that have been hurt that I wish were not hurt. There have been things that I wish had taken place that have not taken place. And if I focus on that, sometimes I can allow myself to doubt the things of God. But if I'll get my focus on the Lord and remember that one day all things will be made right. I am looking forward to the day when we stand before the throne of Jesus. And all things will be made right. There will be no more wayward loved ones. 
There will be no more uh, broken fellowship between Christians because of our sinful, petty opinions. All that will be done away with. And every relationship will be mended because we're going to be focused on one thing, the thing we should be focused on now, the Lord Jesus Christ. He had, eight, he had eight wasted days. It cost him eight days of peace. It cost him eight days of power. What did Jesus speak to them in verse number 22? He says in verse number 22 to the disciples that were there that first time, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus had breathed on those ten disciples and given them the Holy Ghost, but Thomas wasn't there. The power of God that was available to him, he did not have. Why? Because he doubted. Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And it cost him eight days of power. What could he have done in those eight days? I don't know what the other disciples did in those eight days. I do know this, they had the power of God. I'll say this on the heels of that. Not only did it cost him eight days of peace and it cost him eight days of power, but it cost him eight days of profit. Because he didn't have the power of God and he sat there in his doubt, he didn't do anything for God in those eight days. Verse number 21, the Bible says, And Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. He had not heard the commission of God at that point. He had not received the power of God. So that means he was not busy about telling other people about the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he himself doubted it. And because of his doubt, he wasted eight days of his life where he could have gotten rewards in heaven. And he wasted, he he lost eight days of profit. I wonder who could have been saved if Thomas had a witness to him in those eight days. Same as I, wit, I wonder that, I wonder how many people I could have led to the Lord if I hadn't a wallet in self-pity. At times in my life, I haven't doubted the things of the Lord. I haven't been as clo- if I was close to the Lord as I should have been, maybe I could have won someone else to Christ. I wonder how much time we waste in doubt. Eight days of profit. Tonight, doubt can be summed up In verse number 27, Jesus saith unto Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. What is doubt? It's faithlessness. When we doubt the Lord, when I doubt the Lord, it is because of a lack of faith in Him. If we were honest with ourselves, we wouldn't boast about how much faith that we have. If we were honest with ourselves, we would beg God, like the disciples, increase our faith. Because what I have is not enough. Pastor alluded to this, I think, this last week, but 
If you've got enough faith to accomplish what you're doing, you're not growing in faith, and you don't need the Lord. If you, if you can handle what you're doing, you don't need the Lord. That's why we have to, in order to grow as Christians, every single one of us must step out in faith in order to grow. If you're not stepping out in faith as a Christian, if you're not making yourself uncomfortable with what you're trying to do for God, you're not growing. Why don't we try to do more for God? Because of a lack of faith. We truly doubt the Lord. Is there anything that God cannot do? Everyone would answer, no, there's nothing that God can't do. God can do anything. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. I believe that. But if we really believe that, then we'd be more willing to step out and do big things for the Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 23, I'll leave you with this verse of Scripture. The Bible says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. When we doubt the Lord, it is sin against Him. When we sin against the Lord, we waste our life. I'm glad tonight that I know, based on the Word of God, that I am safe in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, that even though I fail the Lord, I can never lose my salvation. I'm glad that once I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I'm safe in His hands and His hands in the Father's hand, and no man can pluck me out of His hand because He and His Father are one. I'm glad that in hope of eternal life, God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He made a promise to me. And if I put my faith and trust in him, he'd take me to heaven. And he cannot lie. It's not that he does not lie. He cannot lie. It's impossible. I'm glad that I'm saved and I'm safe in his hands. But what does sin cost us? Cost us our peace. Cost us our power. Cost us our profit. Don't waste a week because of doubt. Trust the Lord. I don't know what it is that you need to step out in, but if there's something the Lord wants you to do, just do it. Well, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't have to know how it's going to turn out. As long as, I, as long as I know who's telling me what to do, I don't have to know the end of it. I just have to know he's the one who wants me to do it. So I'm not going to doubt him. I'm going to step out by faith.